great blessing. Have your Bibles this morning. I want to give you four, uh, three simple things in this passage. First John 2, 1, <clears throat> I give you three A's. I like to alliterate things so you can help remember it. A number one, uh, in order to be a child of God, we must ask to be saved. Notice, if you would, verse 1 of chapter 2, my little children. The author here is speaking to Christians. Now, you'll notice in verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, again, Christians. He's writing to those of us that have put their faith and trust in Christ. Now, you, you also have to understand, you'll never be able to be saved unless first we admit that we're sinners. Uh, you don't have to turn, but Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, all of us, and come short of the glory of God. God's standard is perfection. And folks, don't anybody tell you there's more than two places to go once you die. The Bible says there's heaven, there's hell. Hell was made for Satan, not for us. Matthew 25, 41, prepared for him a place, Satan. But if we choose not to trust the Lord, the Savior, and have our sin forgiven, then we don't have any other place to go but there. Because in order to go to heaven, you've got to, have, you've got to be perfect. Now, that's what I want you to see this morning. The perfection of God is given to us. Notice, if you would, he says in verse number two, and he is the propitiation. And let me take just a minute. It's a big word. That's a five-dollar word. Uh, but it's a, it's a theological word that describes this. In the Old Testament, in two places, the tabernacle and in the temple, they had an open area uh, that was rectangular, and in it, was a laver. They would wash their hands. It had an altar in it. They would offer a lamb every day. The idea was to cover sin until the perfect lamb came that would wipe away sin. That was Jesus Christ. But if you were to go in a little bit further, there's a wall, a curtain there. And when Jesus died, that curtain was ripped from top to bottom by God himself. And inside only a high priest from the tribe of Levi could take the blood of a perfect lamb and sprinkle it on the altar, the holy of holies. It was so holy, if he went in with sin in his life, God killed him. And it was his duty once a year to go in there and offer a lamb for the, for the sins of the people. And you'll notice, if you would, in verse 2, he says, he's the propitiation for our sins. That lamb's blood that was offered on that offering once a year was called the propitiation. It is the payment. And everybody here needs a payment for your sin. We all have to admit we're sinners. I mean, none of us in this room could dare say, I've never done anything wrong. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. How many laws do you have to break to be a lawbreaker? One. When you drive up to a stop sign, how many have ever driven up to a stop sign, been thinking about something else, and rolled through it? Think about it. Anybody ever done that? Um, 
I did it this week, okay? Um, I'm sorry. I was driving along, and she said, you know, honey, you, you didn't stop that sign. I said, well, I thought about it. No, I didn't. I didn't think about it. I just drove up. I was thinking about something else. I slowed down, looked, and I slowed real slow, but I didn't stop. Now, you know what it means when it stopped? When you stop your wheels, you could take a pencil and write on your wheel and on the ground, and it would be the same. That's a stop. You have to work at that to stop at every stop sign you ever drive up to. And if you miss one, you're a lawbreaker. Anybody, anybody been driving your car and you're on the expressway and people are going, whew, 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 and you look down to your speed limit, your, 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 your speedometer, and your, it says 56. That's a 55. Lawbreaker. We're guilty of all. What do we do with those sins? Anybody ever said something to you and it hurt your feelings, made you angry, and that you wanted to pay them back? Or you wanted to tell them something about them um, and it's stuck in your heart? What do you do about that? How do you get rid of that thing? Now, when you and I go outside and work in the yard, you can, uh, you can work in, uh, in concrete and you can work in uh, uh, changing oil and get oil all over you. you. Whatever you get on you, you can go inside your house, get in your shower, and wash it all off. But how do you get rid of your sin? The blood of Jesus Christ offered once for everybody in this room. That is the propitiation. The payment. Now notice who is it for. Notice what's this. Look here. And here's the propitiation for our sins. That's every Christian. It's speaking about we and our, the pronouns. It is all of us. Our sin debt is paid by Jesus Christ. And so wait a minute. Keep reading. But, and not for ours only. Uh-oh, who else is he going to include? that they can have their sins forgiven, but also for the sins of every African, every New Guinean, every Australian, every Alaskan, every fill in the blank, everybody on the face of the earth. Jesus paid your debt. But how do you get it applied to your account. The Bible says in Matthew 12 uh, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So it's all written down. Revelation 20 says, and the books were open, and everybody was judged according to the books. Uh, and so everybody in this room's got books in heaven of all the things you've done and said and thought. It's got to be paid for before you can get to heaven because heaven is perfect. It's God's home, and He only wants people that have had their sin washed away or never committed sin to be in heaven. There's only one person never committed sin, Jesus Christ. For God had made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
So Jesus Christ was that perfect lamb that had no sin to pay for himself. So God the Father placed all of our sins upon him. And when he did, the Bible says the earth went black for three hours and God the Father turned his back on his son because he couldn't look at sin no matter what kind it was or who was carrying it. And so when Jesus died, he said it is finished. All the debts were paid for everybody in this room, everybody in this world, but not applied. Now, notice if you would, you don't have to turn, but Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 and verse chapter 10, verse number uh, 9 and 10, it said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, and with confession, with the, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall ask the Lord, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin and bring me into heaven? I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. He says, that day I'll write your name in the book of life and you're on your way to heaven. Now notice this, if you would. Number one, you got to ask to get to heaven. But I'm not just talking about getting to heaven. A lot of people, that's, that's all they care about. But I don't want you, when you get to heaven, to be ashamed of the way you lived after you got saved. Notice in verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. Look, I don't want anybody here to have to put your head down because you didn't do right after you got saved. Do you realize most people don't read a Bible? It is the most published book, the oldest book. It's been the most uh, translated book in all the world, and yet most people don't read it. If I were to ask for the number of Bibles in this room, either here or at home, it would literally probably be thousands of them. But most people don't read it. You know what they do read? They read the way Brother Rick Clark lives. They read the way I live. The way that I talk. Do I talk like Jesus? Do I act like Jesus? Do you act like Jesus? Do you talk like Jesus? They read you and me. So, if that's the case... We want to, number one, ask Christ to save us, but number two, avoid sin. Look, if you would, verse number one, my little children, these things write I unto you that you what? Sin not. Now, nobody here can live a perfect day. I've tried that. I didn't make it to eight o'clock, but I tried that for a few times to realize, oh, that's just dumb to even try. I, I just, I'll just do my best and put my best foot forward. And when I make a mistake, I'll say, I'm sorry. And so, I, I, Lord, I want to please you with all of my heart. So, I'm going to get my heart right. I'm going to surrender to him. I'm going to say, Lord, I want to avoid sin. In order for you to stand before the Lord and not be ashamed, you've got a purpose in your heart at some point in your life to say, I want to avoid sin. Now, there are sins of commission and sins of omission. The Bible says that there are things we ought to do to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Is it good for me to love this sweet lady right here? 
This is my wife, just so you know, okay? Uh, is it good for me to love this lady right here? Yes. Is it right? Yes. Will it bring a smile to the face of the Lord? Yes. So guess what? Every man in this room, if you want to bring joy to the Lord, better love your wife like he loves you. Now, i, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how to do that. I'm working at it. But how many of you have ever, your wives, you've ever done something that you know your husband would rather not, you not done? How many of your wives ever done something you, you know your husband would rather you not done? Be honest, okay? Every lady that's married, would you raise your hand? Let me see your ring, okay? Raise it up, okay? Everybody here? Because we all do that. How many guys, you've done something, your wife, you know, probably your wife would not have rather you had done. And the Bible says, wife loves your husbands in Titus chapter 2. How many of you guys have done something? Okay, all right now. A bunch of puny guys in this room. I saw a lot of ladies raise their hand. The guys kind of, you know, that's us, okay? Guys have a little more, what's that word? What's that word? Pride. I want you to know something. Now watch this. We have a little more pride. It's hard for us to say, honey, Oh, honey, I'm in my heart. I'm sorry. Well, that's what an apology is. When you make it to the Lord, He saves you if you ask Him. But you're trying to avoid sin. And so notice what if you would in 1 John 1, look at verse 9. And if we confess our sin, we Christians, He is faithful and just to Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Now, what's that last, next word? Cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord Jesus says to his children, all of those that have trusted him as Savior, I'll forgive you anytime you ask me and restore the fellowship between us. Now, the religions of the world get two words mixed up, relationship and fellowship. Fellowship is temporary. Relationship is permanent. Rick, sorry, but you're on the front row, okay? Now watch that whole row be empty next week, all right? Rick, um, you're, you're born, you know your father when you're, when you're, when you're uh, okay. Did, did your father ever look at you and say, you're not my son? Could he have? Okay, would it have been true? Why? You're his blood son. Everybody in this room that's trusted Christ is the blood, son, or daughter of the God of heaven. You're always his child. Now, Rick, did you try to please your dad most of the time? Okay. Why? To stay his son? No. To, stay, to, to, to be a good son. Okay, so I try to do what's right, not to stay a Christian, but to show that I'm a Christian. To let people know Jesus is important to me. And folks, that's what we all do. It's called walking in the Lord. Now, I want you to notice, if you would, the first step of that is to avoid sin. All of us have to do it. I, I don't, first thought is I don't want to do that which is wrong. 
And then the next part is doing it. Is saying in my heart, I want to stay away from sin. Now, what do you do when you mess up? Because all of us mess up. You go back to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So if we confess our sin, keep in mind, we're a relationship's established. Jesus said you must be born again. That born again makes you a child of God. Okay, if I'm a child of God, and if Rick could never become not his father's son, do you think our heavenly father is any less of a father? So I could do something to not be my father's son? No, because the blood makes it permanent. But I can have a lot of missed days of fellowship and sweetness. I love it that Janet and I have been married for, I don't know, a year and a half. And every day, there's been fellowship, sweet fellowship. Because she's determined and I'm determined to let nothing ever come between us. That takes avoiding sin. That takes, I'm sorry, when you commit sin. In every relationship, including the relationship with my father and I, And he says, when you see him, now listen to this, one of these days, everybody in this room is going to see him. One of two ways. Everybody in this room is going to see the Lord face to face. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Revelation chapter 20. One of those two. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. They never asked to be saved. But then I see over here the judgment seat of Christ. Now, you might think every judgment's a bad day. Uh, well, if you would go to the Olympic Games and you won a gold medal, is that a bad day? That was the end of your judgment. But if you won a bronze medal and you could have won a gold medal, I've seen people cry on that stand because they were ashamed they didn't do their best. Maybe they looked back and said, I could have trained harder or I could have done this or I could have done that. So they got a bronze medal. Anybody here got a bronze medal? How about a silver? Nope, none of us. It's a privilege to have a silver or bronze medal, but not if you could have had a gold. And it's a privilege for everybody in this room to have the Lord Jesus, to meet the Lord Jesus face to face and hear him say, well done, I'm proud of you. But it's not going to happen to everybody, especially if you don't avoid sin. If you don't say you're sorry, quickly, now listen to this. The test of your spiritual heart It's when you and I do something, how long it takes for us to say, I'm sorry. If it takes three hours, six hours, a day, a month, you're not a very good Christian. It's like carrying around a fever. You're carrying around a fever. What happens when you're carrying around a fever? You're infectious. You know what? You can affect other people. When a Christian is carrying around bitterness, they can affect other people. Until they say they're 
sorry, you're infectious. I'm infectious to everybody around me. And so the father says, look, I want you to, if you'll just say you're sorry, I'll blot it all out and we'll have sweet fellowship again. Everything is right between us. Your prayers are answered. There's, there's a joy of the Lord in your heart. And so he said, look, little children, live so that whenever you see Christ, you can not be ashamed, but have the joy of the Lord. Ask. You can be forgiven. Avoid sin. And then the third A is learn to abide him with him. Look in verse number 28. Notice what he says. Now the little children, abide in him. Okay, now let's go back to chapter 2, verse 15. Look what he says. Love not the world. There's the, there's the part of the avoiding. And I'm going to abide with Christ, so I'm not going to love the world. Notice what he says about this. Neither things that are in the world. What are in the world? Well, it's lust, covetousness. It it is pride. Remember, guys? Pride. Look, Look what he says in verse 17. Look here. He says, The world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God, here it is, abideth forever. How do you abide? You do God's will. You avoid sin. Notice in verse number number 16, for all that is in the world, and he defines the world, the lust of the flesh. What is that? Well, it could be pornography. It could be immorality, the lust of the flesh. Notice the next one he says, and uh, the lust of the eyes. Well, that could be pornography. That could be uh, seeing somebody else's dress or suit or car or home and say, I want that. It's the desire for something that's forbidden. Uh, if, if I owned a house, I don't right now, but if I owned a house and you desired it, you know what? Uh, you just committed the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh. And if you had to have a certain thing, you know, mirrors are good and bad. Because when you look at a mirror, you say, Am I hair right? You know, nobody wants to have shaving cream on your underneath your hair. Okay, uh, and in my case, up here. Okay, so let's say nobody here wants to have shaving cream on their face, or or uh, you know, and so that it's real good. No one wants to come like you got up, but me. I don't have any hair going all over the place. Normal. Okay, so you get out of bed. And all of a sudden, things are not right, and so you, you start using a comb. How many of you got a comb? Okay, but you use it to make yourself look presentable. But you have to be so careful that you don't comb it and say, wow, oh, you good-looking dude. Pride of life. It's important that you and I avoid the sins of this life. And the Lord just said, don't love the world. You live in the world, but don't let your heart love it. Love me. What is the greatest command in Scripture? Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, mind, body, and soul. He said, I want you to love me. Everybody in this room has got enough room for a few things that you love. But he says, don't use your love space for the world. Use it for me. It makes loving your wife easier no matter what. 
It makes loving your husband easier no matter what. It makes loving your parents easy no matter what. It makes avoiding sin easy because I love him. It makes doing what's right abiding with him. You see, we avoid sin and then we abide with him. We do the things that we know pleases him. I'll just give you a little illustration. How many of you ever heard of the movie Chariots of Fire? Okay, it won an Academy Award. It's the best picture. Kind of amazing to me. Eric Liddell was the son of missionaries in China. Had a godly heart. And the whole point of the story was they were going to have the Olympic Games on a Sunday, and he didn't want to run on a Sunday. He wanted to be at church. He had great respect for the Lord. So his best event, the 100-meter sprint, which you were going to win a gold medal in, he skipped. He said, Lord, I want to please you. I'm not as good at the 400, but Lord, I just don't feel right about that. There are a lot of things that you and I shouldn't feel right about. We shouldn't feel right about bitterness or covetousness or lustfulness. We shouldn't feel right about hating our enemies. We shouldn't feel right about using all of our time for ourselves and not praying for missionaries and praying for others and praying for the needs of people and looking outside of ourselves and trying to be a blessing to people. You only have 365 days a year to be a blessing to the Lord. How do you use them? Abiding in Him. Abiding in Him. So Eric Goodell said, I'm not going to run on that Sunday. And everybody said, are you crazy? Nobody has an opportunity. He said, look, I love him more than a gold medal. I'm going to trust him to give me one in the 400. But that's not your best event. It's okay. I'll trust him to help me. And he trained and trained. And so he realized when he's going that he, it was on a Sunday. Um, he runs the 400 meters. He wins a gold medal, and he set the world record. And it wasn't his best event. I wonder what Christians like you and I could do if we decided, I'm going to put you first. Even though I'm not good at this, I'm going to do it for your sake. I'm certain everybody in this room could hear those two words, well done. I'm proud of you. What are you living for? Living for him or for him? All of us have to decide. If you're not going to heaven, you say, I don't know I'm going to heaven, you can ask this morning and get it settled for all eternity. But the question is, what are people going to read about you? Do you have, is your language the speech of heaven or is it the speech of earth? Is your attitude the attitude of heaven or is it the attitude of earth? Everybody in this room that's a Christian is being read by somebody. When you see the Lord, I want everybody in this room to say, Lord, I I did my best. And he looks at you and says, I know you did. Welcome home. This morning, have you asked, are you avoiding sin? And are you abiding with him?
Eric Liddell is a great example. By the way, did you know where he died? He died in China. He went back to be a missionary. There are some things more important than what the world thinks are important. Children, love not the world. Love me. Because I love you. We love him because he first loved us. Who do you love this morning? Who are you living for? Let's bow our heads for a prayer this morning. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Maybe you're here today. And you'd say, Pastor, I don't know that I'm on my way to heaven. I don't know that I'm saved. If I died today, this moment, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I mean, know it. 1 John 5.13 says you can know it. If you come down here to the front, I'll help you get it settled that you can know it. I don't want anybody to leave without knowing it. But if you've asked, are you avoiding sin? Have you made a commitment to avoid sin? Eric Dedell's last two words when he died were complete surrender. That's the only way you and I can avoid sin and abide in him. Complete surrender. We're going to have a word of prayer. And maybe you're here today and you'd like to just come to this altar and say, Lord, I didn't do a very good job of avoiding sin this week or abiding in you this week. Or Lord, I, 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 want, to, I want to pray for somebody that's struggling. Uh, I, I want to intercede for someone else. Lord, I, I want to pray for so-and-so. Lord, I want you to bring somebody in my life this week that they can read my life and I can show them you. Whatever the need is this morning, I want to encourage you to come to this altar and say, Lord, it's me. Would you understand I want to abide in you? I want to please you. We're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to stand to our feet. How's your marriage? How's your home? How's your workplace? Could I encourage you to change it? Let the Holy Spirit use you for people to read you and and want Christ. Lord Jesus, speak to hearts this morning. I pray that you would Cause every one of us to realize we're an open book. We either represent you or this earth. I pray that you'd touch hearts this morning. Those that are not sure of heaven, would you help them to trust you this morning? If they need to be baptized or if they'd like to come be a part of our church, Lord, I pray that you'd help them to come. We're always interested in like people that love you and want to serve you. I pray that you'd bless this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet if you would, please. Page number 366, have thine own way, Lord, if you need to come. First verse, this verse is for you. Have thine own way. Right ahead, whatever the need is this morning. Lord, I want to ask. Lord, I want to avoid sin. I want to abide in you, whatever the need is this morning. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting yielded and still have thine own way Lord have thine own way the Lord loves you oh how much the Lord cares for you whiter than snow Lord Wash me just now, as in thy presence. Just sing another verse or two, and that'll be it tonight.
today. You need to come. Come right ahead. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Lord Jesus, today we owe a debt we cannot repay. But, Lord, we're grateful that you just ask us to abide in you. We can do that. I pray that you'd bless this morning. Give us traveling mercies. Bring us back tonight as we look into your word. Lord, I pray that you'd bless Ephesians chapter 4 to our hearts, that all of us could see a little bit more of how to abide in you. Lord, we love you today. I pray that you'd bless everyone that's here. In your name we pray. Amen. Visitors, please stop by the Welcome Center. May the Lord bless you.